Hello, I'm Craig Constantine. Oh, there. I'm Curtis Cates. And I've got Curtis? three podcasts that I want to plug, but I'm not going to say the names <laughs> of them, them right now. Plug them. No, plug no, them no, no. I'm not going to say them right now. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Story arc? Is this the thing? There's three really cool podcasts that you have to... Oh, wait, sorry. This isn't the part where we say this. Oh, right, right. My notes say, well, put those on the end. Thank you for reminding me, Curtis. Okay, don't let me forget that. Um, exactly. Yes. We were and- having a blast. <laughs> So we went like 13 minutes and I'm like, hey, this is cool and all, but we need to press record. Oh, no. Oh, we actually have to like put this on like on the record. Oh, no, no. Yeah, no. it's on the record. Um, right. It's actually just a giant gimmick. I really just delete all these. They don't actually get published. It's, I've often thought I've thought about doing that. How far could I get making a podcast, like doing everything except publishing the work? Like, you know, could it be like a year and you have like a hundred episodes? People are still like, well, I know it's coming out soon. You know, Craig, this, <laughs> this done, is, you just... it's very avant-garde of you. Goodness gracious. <laughs> this, whoa. <laughs> this is, you know, this, this would be like Andy Warhol's 30 oh, hour crap. or 13 hour video of the yeah. Empire State Building. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. Dude, did you just use Andy Warhol's name it within 50 feet of anything I've ever done. Holy Toledo, that's a compliment. <laughs> if you well, can you're look the at, one that came up with this. If right? you can look at my shit show and somehow that train of thought leads you to Andy Warhol. Yes. I'm just going to turn right. the mic off. Episode 47, I think this is done. Well um, done. Curtis, it is a mad pleasure to get a chance to talk to you. I think I have bumped into you in a couple of the monthly uh, the big podcaster calls at David Dubinsky. And like I've seen you in a couple of things. I don't think we were in the same course together, but um, anyway, thanks for taking a risk and showing up for my crazy. <laughs> so before we started recording, um, or I asked people, you know, then we just like, just like, like a siren. We like wind it up and we started talking, we're laughing, we're having fun. And I asked you about, I basically just say to people, what's the first thing that comes to mind when I say, podcasting. And then we talk about that for a few minutes and it didn't take us, I've said this before, it took you about two sentences to get to things where I was like, whoa, I want to talk about that. So you started by <laughs> talking about talking out of your, talking out of your hat, talking through your hat. Talking out of my and, hat. No, 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 no. You're talking, that's the wrong end of the anatomy for goodness sakes. I was trying to be nice. <laughs> yes. And then you, you started, um, you and I spun off talking about personality types. So uh, I, I'm still have the imposter syndrome. People show up on the show and they're like, you're really good at this. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And you, yeah, I'm not uh, so sure you're, you're that good. Wait, come on, come on. Awesome. Come on. What, awesome. Good. Spit it out. Knock, come on. Knocking on a peg. Um, I'm, I consider myself to be an introvert. Most people don't believe me, but I think you do because you outed yourself as a professional extrovert. Yes. So, okay, here comes an actual question. I don't know, words into sentences putting. Um, you mentioned that you use the display of extroversion when you're teaching, when you were teaching, that that mm-hmm. you can do that. It's like a show. And I'm I I'm I'm not a teacher in that context, but yeah, I can totally do that. Be the class clown. I got it. What is it that you actually wanted to do when you started into podcasting? Because I'm guessing it wasn't to do like an extroverted show. Oh my God, I wanted to be an extrovert. I just want people to know what, I got something to say, God damn it. And it's, <laughs> no, I'd, I've, I've been blogging for, I don't know, 20 years, I, whatever the hell that was. And I wanted to do my blog as a voice thingy. 
but mm. way back when the, the the technology wasn't there and when it came out it first came out it was expensive as hell these guys were like yeah yeah we can put your voice on online yeah sure yeah it's only like 56 dollars a month or you know 56 dollars a week we can do that for you and i'm like yeah right give me a break and that's the way it was so yeah i like the idea of i thought yeah putting out my blog as like a a podcast would be really quick and easy. Why yeah. didn't it? Why didn't it work? Not the tech. Why didn't it work? But like, why didn't it work? Um. No. So, what do you mean? Why didn't it? Why uh, so, didn't? No. So you didn't do it, right? Like you do. You're. You don't yeah. have a podcast, which is right. So, what about? What is it about blogging that maybe? There's a couple ways to ask this question. What is it about blogging that didn't convert to podcast format, or what didn't you like about the podcast once you started making? you know, audio blogs. Oh, so once I started, I mean, for goodness sakes, I found out right away. There's a big difference between the written word and the spoken word. Hmm. There's no question. Uh, when I do my uh, podcast, I have to write them out word for word, because when I try to wing it, forget it. And hmm. so it's funny because I was listening to you and Fred talking about like winging it and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm listening to you guys go like host on mic. Oh my God, it's so hard. It's like, yes, it's hard. But the hard part is writing out the thing. This morning, just by synchronicity, I was reading an interview with Leo Steinberg, Leo Steinberg, who <laughs> was a an extraordinary um, art critic from like the 60s, 70s. Uh, and he's one of the most influential art critics in America for like forever. And he's the first thing he's saying in this this interview. He's like, "I don't do interviews because I suck at them." Oh my god! I I have to. When I was a teacher, I had to write out every word of my mm. lectures because because I just couldn't wing it, and I totally got that. And the reason is because he was probably just like me, what they call an INFP, an introverted, intuitive feeling perceptive person and this is like ridiculous myers-briggs stuff but infps throughout history suck at crafting an argument a logical argument we can't mm. get our thoughts straight because they're going in 16 different directions at mm, the same that's time a great point. and that's that's, that's the that's the deal with infps ints the intuitive thinkers they're spot on or and whatever the hell those the other guys the thinking sensei <laughs> yeah, guys yeah, whatever 16 <laughs> those are the those are the yeah the logical people they they're just like oh they got an argument they're the lawyers hmm. you know they got the arguments straight they can tie you in knots with their arguments but nfps we're like my god we're all over the place so that's that was my thing about personality but are you are you still blogging? Are you, is it is that still working for you? Oh yeah, so I so I still do like the um, essentially, I do my podcasts as a blog, hmm. and so I I put out the uh, the the transcripts for them. But I write out these transcripts like as right. a script. It's, it's more like a screenplay, right? Exactly. And and for the for this one podcast that I do, which is called the Hansel and Gretel Code, which is all about my intuitive interpretation of Hansel and Gretel and the depths of meaning in the metaphors, mm. it takes me a good, sometimes two to three months to finish a single script. Mm. 
holy crap. Yeah, yeah, because the arguments are so like they're they're within me and they're like jumping out of me, but they're all over the place. And to rein them in and to make them intelligible. Give me the name of the podcast again so I can write it down. <laughs> it's called The Hansel and Gretel Code. And I've oh. been uh, researching this this fairy tale for the last 10 years. Please, please tell me the podcast is published. If you just set me up for a thing that's coming soon, I'm going to be grumpy. No, I'm, I'm, I'm working on episode, on episode 15 right now. And oh, okay. episode 15 is almost ready to publish. It's just close. as long as there's something I can start on. <laughs> like if no. you just set me up, I'm going to be like, well played Curtis. Well played. <laughs> <laughs> that would be weird though. It's like, why would, no, 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 no. Episode 15. I, I've actually written the entire book. But as I was going through it, it's like, no, no, you can't read this stuff. Nobody's going to mm. want to read it like yeah. out loud. Here, listen to it out loud. Well, there's we all talk, everybody talks about, we all know about the magic of storytelling, right? So, yes. Um, yeah. So, when you, when one reads a book, you're basically telling yourself a story. But the, but there's like this magical, I love Carl Sagan's point about humans can work magic. It's basically like somebody who's probably long dead, wrote this stuff down. I read it and boop, they, their ideas appear in my head. That's a magnificent magic trick. And uh, I, I Henry, think, Henry Miller said something very similar. Ah, woo. I'm a quote nut. I'm going to look yes. that up. And he's like, Henry. I'm talking to you, reader, now. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's not the fourth wall. What wall is that that we're breaking? <laughs> and I love Henry Miller. Carl Sagan I can do without because yeah. he's more logical. But Henry... <laughs> Henry, Henry yes, is, uh, uh, yes, yeah. he's okay. a sweetheart. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I don't know if I would say. See, normally what people can't see is I, I am, I'm sure Curtis can tell I'm taking notes and mostly it's just, I do have like a way that I try to collect some of the ideas out of these for my own personal, like I try to hold on to them a little bit. Um, but I'm also, I have to search for the title. Like what's the title of the show? <laughs> and in this one, I'm not writing what I should be writing. Instead, I'm writing like, remember to mention this other person that I need to introduce to Curtis and I'll look up like all the wrong notes. They're like, oh, oh, well, it's fine. What could possibly go wrong? Um, I was, the re I mentioned, are you still doing your blog? Because I'm wondering, I, I was going to ask, but the question is now mood. How has the podcast affected what you're writing on your blog? The answer is it, it turned into what is going out on your blog. Have Absolutely. You, um, have you gotten any sense for, has, um, has what you've been, uh, okay. In case the listeners are keeping track, that's one podcast show out of three that has been yes. named now. So thinking about all three of these podcast shows, can you tell whether they have affected like how you present yourself in the world, right? Like if you're a classical introvert, then you, you kind of have to like put on the show. Like I put, I call it my person suit. I can put on my person suit and go mm -hmm. socialize. I can be the extrovert. Um, have you found that what you've done in your podcasts has made it easier or enabled you to do different things or do things better when you're out? You know, that's, that's a great question, Craig. But you know what? The answer is no. <laughs> no, you haven't thought about it? No, no it hasn't helped. No, it hasn't happened. I, I cannot like become more extroverted in public. I can't even put on that thing without like ah, being terrified. Mm. Talking to people is a little bit terrifying. So my other podcast, another one of my podcasts, is called Christo.art, where I go to museums and I have a conversation with artworks. I don't have to talk to a person. I, think I talk you have to, to the spell painting, that, right? It's K R I S T O. I was gonna say that's got a K in it. Dot art. 
dot art. Yes, yes, mad props, by the way, for thank you for using some of the top level domains out there. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yeah, it's some yeah, somebody said that to me once. I because I also have Christo.com. Mm. And he's like, Oh, that's really great. You have a six letter uh you have a six letter URL. Oh wow, when did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> I used to have an OT.com. I had a two letter domain name. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> All right, okay. All right. Mad yeah. props to you. That's that, that, I, I always that win that is... game. <laughs> yes. I mean, I don't have it anymore, but <clears throat> yeah, that was that was the thing. Anyway, I'm sorry, I derailed Christo.art, where you go and have a conversation with artwork. Yes. Do they do they do you actually do you do it in the gallery? Yes. Yeah. So I so I talk to myself, you know, about the work, and then I go home and I like I haven't done it in a year because of the uh, the COVID business and art and the museum business, but um, then I have to like sort of goose it up, and I have these other thoughts that I can write about, and so I do that particular part. But no, I I cannot like. Just although when I'm in a museum, I'm more likely to jump in front of somebody while I'm standing in front of a painting and there they come close and I say, Hey, say, what do you think about this? I can be more extroverted in a museum than anywhere else in on the face of the earth. Because mm. I feel most at home in a museum. I feel like that's that's my living room. That's my space. Why? Why? Because I love the art and I, I feel so comfortable with the art. Oh my god. Uh, Wait, is it is it all art? Is it modern art? Is it uh, could be anything? Could be anything? Sculpture, uh, old stuff, new stuff, whatever. But I did um, I did a couple of years uh, at the Art Institute in Chicago, sort of part time while I was doing other things, and I felt like just being in the Art Institute was like being at home. I hmm. have never felt as at home there as I did when I was in like undergraduate in, I went to school in uh, Italy back in the seventies. I spent my year, my seventies, my twenties in this, in Italy. And I felt at home there. And that's mm. where I started getting interested in art, but, but museums, oh my God, museums are just a treat for me. Mm. And I think people are intimidated by art unfortunately intimidated by art because they think it has to mean something or that they don't understand people. Yeah, they have to figure it out, right? Like, I don't understand. Um, The point is that the point is not to understand. Well, the grammar, the point isn't to understand. The point is to interact, like to, I don't know, to think, well, what's the point of a museum? That's a better idea. What's the point of art? Yeah, right. Well, so let me tell you, it is to the understand. There, there is a, there's an understanding there, but that's where intuition comes in. Your intuition understands art better than your logical mind does. Ooh, that's an excellent point. And, and you did talk about intuition at the very that's, beginning, possibly before we were recording. Mm-hmm. So your intuition does not speak in words. Your intuition actually speaks in metaphor, and it speaks in visual. Mm. It could also be um, oral, but yeah, it doesn't necessarily work. And like when you you're saying speak, but you don't necessarily mean language speak. You mean exactly communicate exactly. in imagery, it, communicate it, it in feeling and color yes. and whatever. Yeah. Yes. Mm. And yeah, so it's like, oh my god, most people just have never been given the gift of being able to like enjoy art. 
the way they could. And, and it, it, I, that's what art, not what art school is for, is it's what art appreciation is all about. But art appreciation has become this like really ugly thing. Appreciate. Like, yeah, hey, you got to learn how to appreciate art. Yeah, yeah. Don't you, <laughs> you appreciate <muddle>. it? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And it's like, no, you don't appreciate, you don't understand what the hell you're talking about. Get out of my way. I'm trying to look at the painting. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's why I was reading uh, Leo Steinberg this morning, because he was a great intuitive art appreciator. And I didn't, I've only read a few things from Leo Steinberg before. And it's like, they, I was in a bad context, but this morning it just hit me. It's like, Mm. oh, Leo. No wonder you were an intuitive feeling person. You, oh my, wow, holy smokes. Huh. So many, so this is where I pause and the guests think my video is locked up and it's my brain just going, yeah, which of those hundred threads do I pull on? Uh, um, oh, you've got an intuitive thread. You've got an intuitive mind there too. It's I, like you're seeing yeah, a like, whole bunch of threads. Yes. At the moment, like my, I'm so meta, my brain over, you know, right. Um, what I'm wondering is I'm torn between going further with art. I'm torn between, I think what I want to do, like, you know, looking at the clock tick mm-hmm. is dig more into host on mic versus, I don't like the word interviews, interviews, conversations, conversations. Like the different things that we're, that we can do with audio as a medium underneath the umbrella of podcast. And I'm just wondering if you, if you think someone, uh, like what advice might you have for, so I'm very much uh, an intuitive conversationalist. Like, mm-hmm. and by this point, if you still think I'm any good at this, you're crazy, right? It's like, I don't have any idea what I'm doing. I'm just, yeah, it's just the Craig show. I don't mean like the Craig podcast show. I just mean like, this is what Craig does when he interacts with people. And I'm wondering if somebody out there is more on the, um, the side where you are, where they very much like to uh, create the podcast, like in their workshop, they want to craft it. They want to wordsmith, they want to do a thing and then they want to like release it. What are things that, that maybe you've experienced that have made it easier for you to like make that process simpler? You know, like how, like the, you know, there's some taglines like just ship it or like things that you can help things that you could share that would help those people get better at, I don't want to say make them be an extrovert, but like, you know, how can they be better at bringing others in, into their work? Like instead of it's all just me host on mic, how can I occasionally bring in a guest? What kind of guest might be a good place for me to start trying that type of work? See what I'm, see what I'm fishing for? Like, I'm not sure exactly what you're fishing for, but I, what I would say is that I, I've actually got a, a, an interview lined up for like in a couple of weeks about art, um, uh, and it's I'm, I'm sort of looking forward to trying that and seeing what happens there. And then my initial idea was to actually go to a museum with someone else and have a conversation with them about art. Uh, I I don't I don't know how to make that any easier, like to to have a conversation with another person about stuff like that because like i said i'm a a lousy interviewer oh my god i wonder if it's the challenge of um so one of the things that i'm particularly good at is 
not losing multiple trains of thought. So like I can, I can be present in the conversation with you while still remembering mic tech and audio levels and watching the clock tick at 20 minutes and three seconds, like all that stuff. I can like hold those multiple layers. And what if when you went to the museum, somebody else was tasked with putting the headphones on and holding the microphones and doing the gobbledygook crap crud and like moving through the room and doing all the hard stuff. And you just had the conversation. You don't have to do anything else. Would that make it easier? I, I don't think it would make it any easier for like my feelings about the stuff that I was coming out of my mouth. I've seen guys do that. Some some very um, fairly well-known art critics do that, have done that in New York, and, and they've got their stuff on YouTube. And I listen to them, and I watch them, and I go like, I'm not... <laughs> I don't like what they're doing, but I love the fact that somebody's there videotaping, doing all of the the techie stuff, and the techie stuff is like, yeah, the techie stuff has its has its its learning curve, and it's it's got to be done with. But the techie stuff is not the important part for me. It's it's really the ideas. The ideas have to flow, and they've got to be communicable. You can, I can say all, goodness, there's, I don't know if you're familiar with a, uh, there's a, an art critical um, magazine out there called October. And it's, it's billed as like the, one of the most famous and most influential art critical magazines out there. And it's not even really a magazine. And it's got this sort of Marxist, um, postmodernist, something or otherist thing to it. And to read one sentence in there is like trying to read Kant. It's like, it's like, are you? It's like, are you kidding? What does this have, sentence mean? I have oh to my, do what? It's this is like, it's so this is yeah. They're they're expressing themselves to other people that are interested in like trying to learn that language. All of the academics, but normal people like stay away from art because they got absolutely no there's no connection to what those people are saying to what's in front of them it doesn't it just doesn't communicate so intuitive to use your own words yeah yeah and i i really do want to like connect people to themselves through art because they're that's really what intuition is all about it's like connecting with stuff that's like at the deepest level of yourself, finding yourself. Yeah. And then we, we could get into the whole Jungian thing, which I am mm. also a Jungian personage, personage, as it were. Um, as much yeah. as I hate to say it, this is probably <laughs> where we should stop. <laughs> no problem. Um, nope, no not problem. because of anything you just said, but just because I'm watching the clock tick. Um, but I do say all the time, this doesn't have to be the only one of these that we record together. Um, as I said at the beginning, super happy to get a chance to talk with you. Um, thanks for sharing your insights about art, your perspective. Um, I still think Post on mic is really hard, but um, what was the third podcast for those people keeping score? It's Christo's Astrology. Mm. I'm an astrologer who does like an everyday horoscope, also intuition. Terrific. I run out of adjectives. Um, thank Christo. you. Thank you, Craig. I just like this has been delightful. I thank you for letting me spout. <laughs> You're very welcome. Thank you for showing up. I'm glad to see that you look energized rather than completely deflated. So I'm going to call that a win. So thanks. Awesome.